Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number four. Today's August 26, 2020. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we're on day number 10 of the NBA playoffs. Sevilla has been crowned Europa League champion. Bayern has been crowned Champions League champion. Um, Messi wants to leave Barcelona. There's a lot of things that's happened in the sports world that I wanted to talk about. So yeah, let's get started. First, the NBA. The NBA has been amazing. Like, NBA playoffs, elite. There's been so many good games. Shout out to the Clippers. Shout out to the Mavs for putting on a great series. Um, shout out for the Jazz. Shout out to the Nuggets. They've put out that series probably has been one of the best ones. It's had three games that have gone down to the wire that have been really entertaining. On the East, the East hasn't really had that many good series. The one series that I was really excited to see, the Pacers versus Heat. Has been really disappointing. The Heat just have have just looked like the better team the whole the whole series. The Pacers head coach actually just got fired. Um, I would say it's warranted just because the team had a lot of talent. The team definitely had enough talent to take a game from the Heat. I thought it was gonna go six or seven, and it went four. So Pacers are going home. Their coach got fired. It is what it is. It's unfortunate that Sabonis never got to come back because he was an all-star this year. He was probably their best player this year, and to go down without your best player sucks. But they didn't really put up a fight. I expected way more from them, and now they're gone. Coach is gone. It is what it is. Another coach that got fired, Brett Brown. On my first podcast, I said fire Brett Brown. I don't think it was a crazy take. I feel like most Philly fans... Most Sixers fans could agree that his time was up. He's had enough time to uh, prove himself, to show what he could do with Embiid and Simmons. Unfortunately, Simmons was hurt this year, but they, they really showed no heart. Embiid looked like he was defeated, like he didn't want to be there, like he was slouching. He, he, he didn't look like the leader that he's supposed to be. Simmons has never developed a shot. I feel like that's that has to be on Brett Brown. Like, how do you not let one of your best players, how do you not, like, give him pressure to to shoot? You got to be on his ear and you got to be like, you know what? Shooting is a big aspect of the NBA. It's probably the biggest aspect of the NBA right now. Even even if you're not a good shooter, you got to at least attempt to shoot. Like, the fact that Simmons is still not even attempting threes three, four years into his NBA career is it's a bad reflection on Brett Brown. Even if you're horrible, you at least have to like show some effort or show that you're willing to to shoot the three. Like Giannis is shooting like 29, horrible, but he, he he's not scared. So there's at least hope that maybe one day he'll get it. Simmons is just there's absolutely no threat of him shooting a three at all. You could just sag off. It kind of kills the offense. So that's why um, now that Brett Brown's fired, a lot of people are saying. Should they trade Simmons? Should they trade Embiid? I wouldn't be against that if, if the management decided to trade one of them and get try to get another superstar or get another star. I wouldn't be against it. I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to be like, damn, that was a bad move. What I would want what I would suggest is to get a better coach that could maybe fix them and give it another try because they are two very talented players. And then if that doesn't work, like a year with a different coach, then it's like, all right, we've tried it with multiple coaches. There's just no fixing this. Let's trade one of you guys. Um, but yeah, I would give it one more year. 
or maybe half a year if if by the if by the All Star break next year um it's not working out they're not looking good then I would definitely try to trade one of them who's who's realistically gonna want to trade for any of them I feel like Simmons has more value but I think that would keep him trading a bead might be iffy just because. The big man role in the NBA is kind of diminished. Centers aren't worth as much as it, they used to be worth. So I don't know who would realistically give out, give away one of their better players for Embiid. So when they get there, they'll get there. But I would try to make it work with both of them and then see how far they could go with maybe a better coach, maybe Mark Jackson. I don't know. They got to they gotta try something new. Whatever they're doing right now is not working. Mm. But they took the first they took the first step towards you know changing their trajectory. They fired Brett Brown, so hopefully they're able to fix it. The Sixers it's been a long process. If you've been a Sixers fan for all this process, you've you've sucked so lo- so much to get these players. You, the first year of Embiid and Simmons, so much potential. You're thinking, man, it was it was worth the trouble. It was worth all those years of of tanking and being the worst team in the league and now if this is if this is the peak of of all the suffering that you had i feel like uh you're not satisfied um it's not it's, it's not worth it right now in my opinion if you're a sixers fan like to suffer for all those many years of being the laughing stock of the nba and just winning 12 15 17 games a season and now this is it the second round Second round is the furthest that you go. Is it'll, it'll leave a sour taste in my mouth for sure. On the other hand, the teams that don't tank, the te- the teams that stay the course, like the Dallas Mavs, they look like they have a way better future than the Sixers, just because now they hit on their draft, Luca. They hit on the trade for Kristaps. They stole Kristaps from the from the Knicks. The Knicks are incompetent. I'm I'm kind of glad they got the eighth pick in the draft. It sucks to be a Knicks fan, but they kind of deserve it. Um, Dolan needs to sell that team. That team is cursed. If you're a Knicks fan, I feel for you. It's ugly, but I mean, it's 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 rough. It's rough for the Knicks. But I want to talk about the Mavs. The Mavs, you know, they never really tanked. They tried to be a good team for a while. And then they couldn't. They had to, you know, get rid of their pieces. And now they got they got lucky in their draft for Luca. Lucky that the Hawks were willing to trade him for Trey Young. Trey Young's a good player, but Luca's elite. And then they fleeced the Knicks for Kristaps. The only worry you have is Kristaps' knees. He he has missed the last two games against the the Clippers in the playoffs. So it, it's worrying seeing that he's still battling those injuries with his knees. But if he's able to keep be healthy, they have one of the best duos in the NBA, and they could go deep many, many years into the playoffs. They, they'll be like, they'll be in the playoffs all the time with those two, and they could be championship contenders if they get like maybe one or two more pieces. But I want to sing Lucas Prices. He is elite, man. I, I've I've said in one of the previous podcasts that I have him as the MVP for next year. And I don't think that was too crazy. Some people were like, eh, no, it's too soon. But he has been playing just lights out. The way he's been putting that team on his back to twist his ankle on game two to come back and win game three. Or he, he twisted it on game three. 
he came back on game four, tied the series up, and then yesterday they played game five, and you, you could tell that he was hobbled, and Kristaps was out again, and the Clippers came out hungry. To give him credit, Paul George came back and, you know, showed everyone why he's a max-type player. He's an all-star. But it doesn't take away from what Luka's done. Luka has been amazing. Luka, I feel like Luka's the future of the NBA. Uh, he's more marketable than John is. He, he, his game is prettier. Um, it, it's funner to watch. So, like, when LeBron finally decides to hang it up, I feel like Luka... Luka's going to be the next the next star, the next phase of the face of the NBA. And that the game on Sunday, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Seeing Luka go toe to toe with the Clippers who are probably the deepest team in the NBA. Um then they just have top end talent all around. To to see him do that to the Clippers was just ridiculous i still can't wrap my head around it is it's, it's one of the, those games that you will always remember and it, it got me thinking like is basketball the most entertaining sport in the world because that morning that sunday champions league final happened it was Bayern versus psg good game entertaining i had fun watched it with my roommate had had, had a good time watching it Bayern won talk about that later but it was it was a great game it was fun I was texting other homies that like soccer. It was, it, I just and thoroughly enjoyed it. Nothing wrong with the final. It was fun. But then that same day, a first round playoff game, Mavs versus Clippers, had me off my seat. Had me yelling in the living room. Had me going crazy. And I was like, man, this is the first round of the playoffs, and it's getting me crazy. And I, I've objectively, I had more fun. I was more entertained watching that Mavs-Clippers game than I was watching um, the Champions League final. So does that mean I enjoy basketball more? Or was it just like a one, one-time one thing? Like, was that game that good? Or I don't know. But I, all I know is that the NBA is super entertaining. It's one of the best sports in the world. And it might be the most entertaining sport in the world. I, I Am I wrong for saying that? I know it's objective. But that was that game was elite. And I had so much fun watching it that it had me thinking, like, damn, I just watched the Champions League final, and it and it did not, it did not compete with the first round of the NBA. So I love soccer. Don't get me wrong, soccer is elite. I love soccer. I could watch soccer for days. But it had me thinking, like, is is basketball the most entertaining sport in the world? So so what do you guys think? If, I mean, comment down below. What's the most entertaining sport in the world? Email me. I don't know. I want to start a discussion. What is the most entertaining sport in the world? Is it football? Football has some elite moments too. But I was watching that game, Mavs, Mavs versus uh, Clippers, and I was like, sheesh, this basketball might be the most entertaining sport in the world. Like it has its peaks. Its peaks are higher than maybe any other sports peaks. Is it the most consistent? I don't know because I've been watching the the the. Excuse me. I've been watching the the Bucks versus Magic game um series, and that one that one hasn't been entertaining at all. I could I could fall asleep on that one after the Bucks woke up, and now it's it hasn't really been a series. But yeah, man, it, it, Luca's elite. He's gonna be the face of the NBA. He's he's 21 years old, and he's doing amazing things. But God, is is NBA the most entertaining? That's the question for today. As far as Game Six goes, hopefully, Kristaps is able to play, and we're able to see 
a good closeout game if, if that if the Clippers do close it out. And if, if that game goes seven, then we're so lucky to have another game. Um, but yeah, hopefully Kristaps' knee is fine. Uh, uh, swelling, I think they said, or sore. He's a seven-footer, so it makes sense. But, man, I just want him to be on the court. I know I, they show footage of him during the game, and he's uh, – He's, you could tell he's, he's frustrated. So it just, uh, I'm frustrated as a fan of the sport that we don't get to see, you know, they're the Mavs second best player on the court. Um, but Kwai, Kwai is a monster. I also wanted to say that he, he's the first few games. He, he put the Clippers on his back. It was, it was, it was beautiful to see PG. Um, finally he turned it around yesterday. Um, he had struggled in the, in the first three, four games. But he finally scored 35 points, I believe, yesterday. He looked good. After the game, he said that he was struggling with, like, mental illness or, like, the bubble was getting the best of him. And he kind of checked out, and now he's feeling better. So hopefully he keeps feeling better. And, you know, he, the Clips make a make a deep run because the one series I want to see is the Lakers versus the Clippers. I, I don't care what happens. I want to see that series. Like, I've, I've been waiting the whole year. I know a lot of people have been waiting a whole year. I, I know Clipper fans. I know Laker fans. Everybody wants to see that. That's everybody. I mean, it would be cool. As a Laker fan, it would be cool to see the Clippers get upset. But no, 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 no. I want them for the Lakers. And as just as an NBA fan, I want to see that series. I feel like that would be that could be one of the best series of all time. Just because of the season, how the season has gone. Like the storylines leading up to it. Two teams in LA. It's, I want to see that. I want to see that, and I hope it happens. Um, if we were to talk about the Lakers real quick, um, just like I predicted, it looks like they're going to close it in five five games. It might go six, but Lillard's out. I think McCollum might be out too with his back. It looks like it's done. Even even if they would have played it, it would have probably been done in five. Blazers, I want to congratulate the Blazers on a good season. And There's nothing to hang your head out um, down about. Um, played great in the bubble. Lillard's a monster. McCollum's pretty good. He's he's an, he should be an all star. I don't think he's ever been, but he's all star talent. There's there's nothing wrong with this season for the Blazers. They just you know they got matched up against the number one seed, Lakers, and the Lakers Lakers have a very good team. They have LeBron and AD. And there's no shame to losing to LeBron and AD. But yeah, like uh. There's a lot of people that had the Blazers beating the Lakers. I never saw it. Their defense is horrible, and it has shown in the the last three games. I think the last game the Lakers started on a 15-0 run, and you can just tell the the Blazers don't close out well on on three point shooters. They look they look lackadaisical on defense. They look kind of like they're not there. They're elite on offense, but they're really bad on defense, and the Lakers are. Pretty good on offense, and they're elite on defense. So it was just a bad matchup for the Blazers. They they stole game one. Lakers were kind of shooting horrible all time, all time bad from the three point line, and then they've picked it up since then. And then LeBron picked it up too. So yeah, it was Blazers were just a little overpowered. Like they, they didn't have players to deal with the Lakers. Um, they were undermanned. Good good season. I don't know. I feel like they might have to get a different coach. This kind of reminds me of the. This kind of reminds me of the Raptors and the 
and the Warriors when they had uh when they had Mark Jackson and who's who's the who's the um they had Dwayne Casey. All right, so the the Raptors had Dwayne Casey and then they hired Nick Nurse and then the the Warriors had Mark Jackson and then they they hired Steve Kerr and those coaches led them to like to the playoffs, they turned the franchise around, but they were never able to get over the hump. They were never able to get over the hump. It, it, it felt bad when they fired them because they were the coaches that got them there. They were the coaches that kind of turned that franchise around and made them relevant again. So it was like, I know like there was a lot of people that were upset when Mark Jackson got cut or got fired. There's a lot of people that were like, man, Dwayne Casey, without Dwayne Casey, the Raptors would be like a poverty franchise again. But sometimes that's a tough decision that you gotta make when you gotta when you want to win a championship. Like, like just getting to the playoffs isn't enough. Or like it's good that you turn the franchise around and you know we're happy like what you did for the franchise. But sometimes it's just it's just time to cut it. So that might be that might be the scenario that the Blazers find themselves in. Like he's a good coach, but it might it might be time to get somebody else there to to get them from a a team a franchise that always gets to the playoffs and then from a franchise that's a legit contender for the for the nba title um is there that many coaches out there i don't know that's that's for them to look look into but i mean i feel like the blazers have kind of hit their ceiling with the the current roster and coach they have so i don't know Uh, that's a suggestion fire your coach try to get a better one um change change your trajectory Hope that your your next coach could take you over the hump and get you a ring. Um, another series that has been amazing, the Jazz versus the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell have been going at it. It's been ooh man, there's the three of those five games have just been spectacular. Donovan Mitchell dropping two fifty pointers in the first four games of the series was ridiculous. He's 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 a monster. He's like a like a Dwayne Wade type of player, but he has a three point shot too, so he could potentially be like one of the best shooting guards in the league, one of the best shooting guards all time. I'm not gonna go there yet, but he has potential to do that. His first three seasons in the NBA has been spectacular, and you could just tell he wants it. He's he's one of those players that that will go down fighting, throwing punches. He he looks he looks like a real deal. Jamal Murray, um, in the in the regular season, he's he's had some really good games, but his numbers don't back it up. And then in the playoffs, he's been just going off. Um, the last two games, he has ninety two points, nineteen rebounds, fifteen assists, and zero turnovers, which is just ridiculous. Ninety one points, nineteen rebounds, fifteen assists with zero turnovers, and he's shooting sixty one from the field, fifty seven from three, and a hundred percent from the line. Those numbers are ridiculous. If this series has been amazing. It's, it's been super entertaining to watch. Two of the young NBA guards going at it. And, you know, no one, I'm, as far as I know, no one really thought much of this series going into it. A lot of people thought the Nuggets were just going to maybe win in six, win in seven. They look like the better team. They look like the deeper team. But Mitchell has willed the Jazz. Clarkson has been playing great. He's, he's instant points from the, from the bench. Um, Conley, who had not looked that great the whole season, is finally playing good. It looks like he's earning that huge contract that he has. Jazz, Jazz looked dangerous. Um, Gobert looks pretty good on the defense. 
um, it's gonna be a great series. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, the Nuggets were able to win yesterday and force a game six. I'm kind of hoping they they win game six and force a game seven, just because I I need more of this. This is a great series. Jamal Murray versus versus uh, Donovan Mitchell. It's been it's been great to see, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing two more. It's just like the Mavs and the Clips. I would not mind seeing two more games of that. It's been great TV. It's been entertaining. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully those games go seven and we're able to enjoy two more games from each series. Also wanted to talk about the Rockets, the Rockets and the and the Thunder. Um, what's going on with the Rockets? The Rockets look like uh, the Rockets look like they were gonna run away with the series. It was two uh, one point. Um, they looked pretty good the first two games. It looked like okay, OKC doesn't have enough. Harden Harden should be able to. Just get uh get the Rockets through without Westbrook, but in the last two games, Shooter Shooter, my sixth man of the year, has a uh, has stepped up. Gallinari has looked good. Chris Paul, you can't say enough good things about him. He's just a savant with the ball. And uh, uh their other um point guard, Shy Shy Alexander, he's looked great too. And um the series is tied two two, so it's anybody's is anybody's series right now. Um Harden Harden has kinda struggled since they put Dor on him. Dor came out of nowhere. He's he's a guard that could defend really, really good. He's not he's not the best on offense. He's kinda like a black hole. He can't really shoot. But Harden has struggled when they put Dor on him. Um I would say that the Rockets are kinda in trouble. The Rockets offense is like a little too predictable. It's always Harden kicking it out to shooters or just creating on his own. I feel like that takes a lot of energy from Harden. So the first two games, he was fresh. And then as the series has gone further, it looks like he's getting more tired. It's kind of like um, taking a lot of energy to just put everything on Harden. So I think the Rockets really need, really, really need Westbrook to play. Um, they, they play today. Um, they, they're they saying well, Westbrook is going to give it a try for game five. But I, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's gonna come back game six, but they they need him. They need him because if they lose to OKC after trading for Chris Paul, after trading Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook, that would look back bad on the franchise. Um, uh, Matt on my last podcast said that the Rockets are gonna blow it up. They're gonna if once they lose this playoffs, they're gonna be uh, um, looking to trade Harden. And at the time, I didn't really like. It didn't really resonate with me, but now, because I was like, okay, they'll, they'll probably beat OKC, and then they'll give the Lakers a run in the second round. And if they put, if they're competitive in the second round against the Lakers, I don't see them blowing up the Rockets. If they were to lose, if they were to lose to OKC in the first round, whoo, my my friend Matt might be right. They might they might have to blow it up. So if if Harden and Westbrook want to stay together, it they have to win the series. There's, there's no other way. Like it might just be a one-year project if they lose in the first round. I don't think they will. I think they still have more firepower than OKC, especially if Westbrook comes back. And it'll be a great storyline for Westbrook to make if they're if they lose Game Five, and Westbrook comes game comes back Game Six and and leads them to victory in Game Six and Game Seven, facing elimination on both games. That would be great for Westbrook's legacy. It would, it would kind of show that they won the trade, kinda, not really. 
because they they're the trade to go further but they just can't lose to chris paul and okc they just can't like if they lose to chris paul and okc a year after trading westbrook for westbrook it would just look horrible and my my friend might might be right they might have to blow it up that might be the last straw they might fire d'antoni and then they'll just restart they'll just start start something new so that's that's a good series to keep an eye on there's a lot of ramifications that could come out of that. Um, but, yeah, NBA has been great. I love the NBA. Um, I could talk and talk about a whole lot of other things. This is just Trey Burke. Trey Burke out of Michigan. Shout out to him. Wanted to give him a little shout out. He's been balling out for the Mavs. Um, it's always nice seeing players that come that have a big name. It was not nice to see them fail, but there's there's players that are really good in, in college and they have high expectations going into the NBA. And then for some reason or another, they don't they don't fulfill that potential or they have a hard time in the NBA. And it's always nice to see them, you know, just keep at it, keep at it. And then they finally get like their shiny moment. So shout out to Trey Burke. I know he was a beast in Michigan and he he had a rough, rough road in the NBA his first couple of years. Bounced around a bunch of teams, got traded from the Knicks to the Mavs, got cut by the Mavs. They needed some guards before the playoffs, so they picked them up again. And now he's showing out. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he's able to uh, use this as a catapult and maybe he could he could finally find himself a nice little role in a team. If it's not the Mavs, somewhere else. But I think he's shown enough in the playoffs where he'll get a well he he'll get a a chance with the team with the Mavs or somewhere else. But yeah, the NBA. I'm looking forward to the second round. Um, Lakers. Lakers should be the favorites against whoever comes out of the Rockets and OKC game or series. Lakers have been dominant. Um, whoever, whichever team comes out, it'll probably go six. Lakers. Um, Mavs. Mavs versus Clippers. I wanted. I wanted to go. I wanted to go seven just because it's been really entertaining. But if Kristaps is out or Luka's still hobbling on that ankle, um, Clippers will probably just end it in six. And there's no shame in, in the Mavs going out in six games. It's been a fun series. Their future looks bright with Luka and Kristaps. And the Clippers the Clippers sh- should have been worried a little bit the first four games. Now that PG looks like he turned the corner, Kawhi is, is the monster that we all know he is. And Montrezl Harrell has been pretty good. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, they should get Beverly back. It looks it looks like the Clippers are getting into form. So if you're a Clipper fan, it, it, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Um, and then the Mavs, no, the Nuggets versus Jazz. I hope it goes seven. I do hope the Jazz go through. I I kind of like that team a little better more than than the Nuggets. That's gonna be a fun series. Uh, Clippers versus whoever wins Jazz Jazz or Nuggets. I hope I hope it's the Jazz. I wouldn't mind seeing either of them go through though. Clippers should win that series too. So then that would that would lead us to both LA teams, and that's what I want to see in the East. Um, Heat versus Heat versus um, Celtics. That one, that one's gonna be good. Guarantee it. That one's gonna be. Oh wait, no, it's Heat. It's Heat Bucks. That's the one. Heat Bucks. That one's gonna be great. That one, who the Heat might upset the Bucks. That that would be crazy. And then the other one is gonna be, um, whose other matchup? It would be 
Raptors versus Celtics. That one, that one's gonna be good too. That, so that, I'm glad the East is finally getting over the the first round because the first round was just not that great. But the second round, second round should be amazing, amazing watch, which will give us good series on both sides. Actually, the second round might be better on the East. If I if I had to predict, I would say that the East East round, the second round of the playoffs is gonna be better on the East side. That's my prediction. But who knows? We'll see. But yeah, that's that's all that's all I really wanted to talk about NBA today. I also wanted to touch on um a little bit on the Europa League and Champions League. Wanna give a shout out to Sevilla, Kings of Europe again, or semi kings of Europe, Europa League champions, whatever you want to call them. Shout out to Sevilla. They look really good. It was a really good game actually, back and forth. Three two was the final score. Sevilla edged out Inter. Um Sucks for Inter. Um, I expected more from that team in Serie A and in, in um, Europa League. I feel like they should. They have, they have the more expensive team. They have bigger names, so just because of that, they should have more uh, expectations. Even though Sevilla has won this competition, was five for five coming in, but it was a good game. I I enjoyed it. Um, I'm. I'm happy for Lopetegui. He's a he's the Sevilla head coach. He was the head coach for Real Madrid for a little bit. Didn't have the best time at Real Madrid. Uh, he actually hasn't had the best time um, in a lot of places he's coached at. I think he coached at Porto, and he had like one of the biggest dry spells in Porto's in Porto's recent years. He didn't win nothing with them, and then he somehow found himself as a coach for Spain. Didn't win nothing with Spain, and then he had like a rocky exit from Spain when he became the the Real Madrid head coach and then didn't do nothing with Madrid either but he looks like he's a good guy and he has some decent coaching tactics and now he finally got a trophy so you could just tell after the game when he was celebrating with his players that he was I think he went down to his knees and he was like really happy he might have started crying it was, it was nice to see happy for Luke Pategi it's always nice seeing a coach get their first trophy get that monkey off their back because you know Winning a championship—that's what everybody plays for. That's that's why you're there. That's why you're a coach. That's why you're a player to win championships, to to feel that glory. So it was nice to see them. It was nice to see Sevilla get that championship. Shout out to La Liga for getting another European tournament. Um, do want to say, I don't know. I don't know how Inter goes goes from here. They've they've invested a lot of money in their recent years. They've they've had maybe a little bit of uptick in their success. Maybe they're a little bit higher up in the tables now in, in Serie A. They got to a final in Europa. But is that enough? Definitely not. Should they invest more money? Are, are they going to lose some of their players to bigger teams? Um, Lukaku, one of their biggest signings, he had a really good year. Put up some numbers. But in the final, when when, when it matters, the game was tied 2-2. He had a breakaway. One-on-one was the keeper. Misses it. Like you need your big players to show up, so I don't think they have they have big big names. I don't think those big names are enough. Lukaku, he's a good striker. Um, he can't be like your main. He can't be the best the best offensive threat you have, and 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 think that you're gonna compete in Europe or in Serie A. He's a good piece. Don't get me wrong. He's a good striker, but he can't be your best offensive threat. Um, Alexis Sanchez, I think he's washed. I think he's done. 
I think he should go to the MLS just because he could probably succeed in a mid-table team. But when you've been an elite player like that, it's kind of hard for you to go to a mid-level team with the wages you carry. I, I think he's done. I don't think he could succeed in, in Europe in a big in a big club anymore. I don't think he could be an important piece on the squad. It looks like his legs are kind of done. He's on his last thread. Kind of reminds me of Nani. He's looking great in the MLS because the MLS has no defense. So I think Alexi Sanchez is a year or two away from going to the MLS. And maybe he should do it this offseason. I don't think he will. But yeah, I, I don't I think he's done. I think Alexi Sanchez is not a top team player anymore. That's just my opinion. But yeah, shout out to Sevilla. They're six for six in in uh Europa League finals. It was a great game. It was entertaining. Um unfortunately that my Wolves wouldn't couldn't make it to the final. I feel like if they had been playing their their football that they had shown like mid mid season, um, they could have beaten these teams. They don't, they look good. They didn't look like crazy crazy good. Where the Wolves wouldn't have beaten them. That that's just me being a Wolves fan. But shout out to Sevilla, good season. This is your tournament. You're gonna be in Champions League next year, but Europa League Europa League is Sevilla's tournament. There, there's no one better in Europa than Sevilla. We should have seen that coming. We should have we should have expected them to win, and they did. I want to talk about Champions League. Bayern Bayern looked like the better team. PSG had PSG had a, like a couple, three or no maybe more than two or three. They had three or four chances where they could have scored and they missed those chances. I remember one one was uh, Mbappe in the second half. I think they stole the ball. They passed it back to him, and he's like. Maybe a little bit to the right, center right of the box, but he has a wide open goal and he shoots it right at Noor. That's that's your chance. You're a big player. You gotta you gotta make those chances. You just gotta score. There's no other way to. There's no other way around it. Mbappe should have scored that goal. And then there's another breakaway where Mbappe is running on the left flank. It looks like they got numbers. They're at least matched up evenly. It's like a four on four. And there's like two players making a curling run on the PSG to the right. It looks like Mbappe has has a decent gap where he could fit the pass through and maybe they'll be one-on-one against the keeper. And Neymar is making a cutting run going to the left. So he's dragging most of the defenders with him. He's he's his he's pulling them. And then Mbappe, instead of finding the other two players that are making the the runs, he he forces the ball to Neymar. And then Neymar has, like, no angle. He, like, his back is to the goal. And he turns around. He tries to give a pass. And then I forgot what was the player, but he had a chance to score. And he tries to back heal it instead of turning his body and shooting. Like, they had a, they had chances. They had chances. Mbappe should have played it to the right. He, he Sometimes I feel like Mbappe and Neymar try to find each other too much. They are the two best players in that team, so it makes sense. But, like, like he, I feel like Mbappe had kind of tunnel vision in that scenario. He should have opened it up. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that he could talk about or they should have done this, they should have done that. One of the main points in the game was that Bayern had newer, newer and PSG didn't. And Navas is a great key, but, man, he, he kept them in their game. He showed why he's a German starting keeper. He showed them why he's one of the all-time great keepers. He kind of he kind of He kind of kept them in the game. PSG could have taken a, a couple or 
a goal lead or a couple goal lead, and Newer kept them in the game. Shout out to Newer, he's he's awesome. He's he's getting up there in age now too, but he he's still elite. He's still a great keeper, and it was fitting that uh, Kingsley Coleman scored the winning goal against uh, PSG, his youth team, and it just kind of shows the different the different um, ways that those teams built their teams. PSG, they have that oil money. They have a rich owner. They just buy players. They don't really develop them. If they see a player they like, they just bring him in for a huge fee. And that's how that's how they built most of the team. They broke the record getting Neymar. They, they shelled out a lot of money to get Mbappe. And like, their whole roster is just a big purchase after big purchase. They got Navas. Um, and on the other hand, Bayern, Bayern is a... Is a don't get me wrong, Bayern does spend a lot of money in places. They've definitely taken players from like um Dortmund. They spent a lot of they spent a lot of money too, but not as much. And and they're great at finding gems from other teams, youth young players, and then developing them in, in the in the comfort of that Bayern bubble. And players like Coman, players like Davies, um they just develop they um players like Ginabri Gnabry, he came from Arsenal. Arsenal didn't want him. I don't know why. And he goes to Bayern, develops into a, a great wing. Coleman, he, he's he's a pretty good wing too. Scored the winning goal against his youth team. Davies, amazing left back. There's just a lot of stories like this where Bayern just buys buys a player for a small fee and then just develops them into world-class players. So very contrast in how they build their teams. So I'm really glad... Byron won, just because I feel like that's the right way to do it. It shouldn't be all about money. It shouldn't about it shouldn't be about who has the most um, wealthy owner. It should, like it should be who develops their players better, who focuses more on the soccer aspect. And as far as I could tell, Byron Byron does that the best, and maybe all of Europe. So shout out to Byron, kings of Europe, the true kings of Europe. Great season. They got the treble. They're one of two teams to ever win two two treble seasons. I think Barcelona was the was the other one to have two seasons where they finished with the treble, with the European treble. So shout out to Bayern. You guys look like a powerhouse. You guys are probably gonna be a powerhouse for the next few seasons. You guys have a young, deep squad. Lewandowski is a. He probably should have won the Ballon d'Or if they would have kept the if they would have kept the award for this year. So you know, shout out Bayern. You guys. You guys are building something right. You guys are reaping the fruits for all the years that you guys developed, took chances on young players and developed them. Um, so yeah, Bayern Bayern looks great. Um, they have a great team, great keeper, just great all around. They don't they don't break, you know, any transfer records most of the time. That they're just a well run team that has always been a great team in Europe and now. They're European champions again, so good for them. Um, they should be one of the favorites again for next year. Hopefully, my my team's Real Madrid. I feel like if they make some moves, they could contend too. As far as the other contenders, um, I want to talk about Barcelona. It looks like ooh, it might is is bad for them. Messi just announced yesterday that he wants to leave after being there. I think since he was thirteen, he's been there forever. Now he's like 33, I believe, 20 years in the in the club, and to want to leave now, and probably with their lowest point, 
it, it looks bad for Barcelona. I don't know how they're going to rebuild. That team looks old. Uh, they have a lot of wages tied up to a lot of players that don't merit those wages. I, I don't know where Barcelona goes from here. Um, Messi, I don't blame him for leaving. Um, team, The team does look pretty bad. Getting trashed by Bayern. 8-2, it doesn't help. Um, it probably left a sour taste in his mouth. It probably gave him uh, no hope moving forward. Getting trashed 8-2 will make you <laughs> rethink if you want to play for the club that just got trashed 8-2. Apparently, Messi has a, a clause on his contract that he could terminate his contract whenever he wants. So apparently, that's what he's going to do. And, and Barcelona's not going to get any money for him, which would be crazy. He just walks away for nothing. Right when Barcelona probably, I think they're in financial trouble, so they need all the money that they could get. I don't know if they're going to work out some type, some type of deal where maybe Messi decides what team they want to sell him to and they would at least get a little bit of money. I don't know. It could get ugly. It, it would be kind of bad to see Messi leave on a sour note and Barca try to fight his move and stuff like that. It, it wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't be like a good for Messi to leave Barcelona on a sour note after all oh, he's won there, but... He wants to leave. He's still one of the best players in the world. Um, Bleacher Report reported, I saw yesterday, that he wants to go to Man City, reunite with Pep Guardiola. That would be, that would, I think that would be a good move for him. It would be a good move for Pep. I think they kind of need each other. Um, they haven't won a Champions League. Or I think Messi has won one. But Guardiola hasn't won one since Messi left. So... Or since he hasn't coached Messi, he's he's gone to Bayern. He's gone to Bayern right after they completed their first trouble, and he couldn't win one with them. And then he went. He's gone to Man City, and he's spent over a billion dollars on players. hasn't been able to win with them. And now Messi just got trashed by Bayern a two, probably the lowest point in his Barcelona career. People are starting to question Pep if he's able to, you know, win. A Champions League with all the money he spent on these other teams. But I think it'll, it'll be a good reunion for them. They kind of both need each other at this point in time in their careers. Um, I would say no, no disrespect to Liverpool. Liverpool, worthy champions, great team. But if Messi joins Man City, they should be the favorites. And they should be kind of not, not too much heavy favorites, but they should be favorites by a margin. Like, you don't add Messi. Still probably the top two players. Two players. Maybe they're still the best player in the world. You don't add him to that squad. And the expectations don't drastically go up. And even if Messi hadn't joined that team, Man City should have been competing for that championship. Regardless, if they get Messi, it should kind of be championship or bust. It should be EPL. And they should they should go deep into the Champions League. If not... Champions League or bust there too. I think if they get Messi, it should be, it should be championship championship or bust for any ter- any tournament that they realistically want to go for. If they don't want to go for the FA Cup or the other the, the other cup in in England, that's on them. You know, not every team wants to go for it, but I know they're gonna want to go for EPL and I know they're gonna want to win Champions League. If you get Messi, it's championship or bust with that team with all the capital they spent. They're probably gonna get some center backs try to reinforce their, their defense 
it's championship or bust for Man City if they get Messi. Just plain and simple. You can't get Messi and not be championship or bust with that team. The quality team. Players, quality players all around. Maybe not on defense, but on offense. Quality, quality players. It should be championship robust if they get Messi and Messi. I feel like Messi should feel that way too. If he's going to Man City, it's not just to go reunite with Pep and have a good time and enjoy England. It should be to win championships. And I feel like the media should portray it that way too. It should be some pressure on Man City for them to finally get some European silverware and they have to win the EPL if they get Messi. But yeah, speaking of the EPL, I just wanted to quickly touch on a show that I've been watching. Um, coach Lasso, it's on Apple TV. It's about this coach, American coach that uh, coaches like a Wichita State here on the States for college college American football. And then he gets hired by a fake EPL team. And then he has no experience coaching soccer. And he just, you know, I think, I don't want to kill the plot, but basically... The the owner of that EPL team just got in a divorce and now his his old wife is now the owner. So she just wants to get the team relegated. So that's why she brings in an American coach to take over for the team. And it's 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 a great show. Um it's a sports it's sports oriented. It's 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 a it's a soccer EPL show. It's it's based on a it's based on a commercial from twenty thirteen. I remember the commissioner the commercial when I saw it, it was a uh, NBC had just gotten the rights for the EPL and they were trying to promote um, how EPL was on, on NBC and they had they made a really funny commercial, which is the same actor for Coach Lasso and it was just like a small bit on NBC about how like the coach didn't know anything about uh, soccer and he was getting to he was coming to England and he was like oh you know I'm a coach I'm a coach uh, my players strong for four quarters. And then the reporters are like, oh, it's two halves, it's two halves. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's two halves. He's like, we're going to play till we win or lose. And then someone tells him, or draw. He's like, oh, there's, there's ties here too. It was a funny commercial. And now and now, they made a whole, now they made a whole show about it. And it's on Apple TV. If, if you haven't watched it, I, I would recommend it. It's a great show. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's funny. The, the main character is, is very, like, uplifting. He has a great... Uh, he has a great humor to him. He has a great like energy to him, and it's been fun to watch. I, I binged the first four episodes. Episode five comes out on Friday, and I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Um, if you like if you like sports shows, I feel like any any fan of the EPL or like any any soccer fan in the US, it kind of gets like how how funny it would be for an American head coach that plays football and doesn't get doesn't understand soccer. It it'll, it'll be a fun uh, it'll, it'll be a fun watch. I think uh I think uh Apple TV hit it. I haven't I haven't really watched anything else on Apple TV and it's never really um garnered my attention like I, I don't got to get Apple TV but I saw the the commercials for Coach Lasso and I I remember the commercial that I saw um way back when. And I was like, "Oh, this looks this looks fun. This looks interesting." And so far four episodes in, it's been it's been good. So if you guys a little recommendation if you guys need something to watch sports oriented you like EPL, you like comedy, I would recommend uh, Coach Lasso. It's a good show. It's funny. It's light. It's easy to watch. It's not sour. It's, you know, it, it kind of makes you, you're happy when you watch it. It's funny. It's a good show. 
would honestly recommend shout out for Apple TV for putting out a great a good show. And yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty much it for episode number four of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening. Um if you've made it this far, I, I do still want to know what is what is the most entertaining sport? Uh, is it basketball? Is it soccer? Is it football? Is it tennis? Is it golf? UFC, I know there's a lot of UFC fans out there that love UFC, swear by it. Is it boxing? I know De La Hoya wants to come back. That'll be fun. So yeah, let me know. Let me know what's the most entertaining sport out there. Hope you guys have a great day wherever you guys are at. Listening to this night, day, day, night, afternoon. Have a great, have a great day. Thank you for listening. This has been episode four of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast.